kiss my wife goodbye and I, I, I run out of the house and about two minutes later I run back in and Maria looked up at me she goes like what happened like, like why are you back and I looked at her and we laugh every time we, we tell the story I'm like I forgot my shirt <laughs> I literally left the house with my pants and like just an undershirt <laughs> not even a, a real shirt yeah. above and beyond the real estate show Hey guys, welcome back to the Above and Beyond Real Estate Show. My name is Ralph Cienzu and I'm here with my friend and guest, Colin Noble, realtor extraordinaire. We're uh, back. We're back. We're back. Episode we're, two. Episode two. Exciting. We made it to a, a second episode. We didn't get canceled yet. Yeah. Uh, this is a self-produced show, so not getting canceled <laughs> is probably not a big, big win. But uh, but Colin, how it's you doing, man? It's a win. I think it's a win. I'm happy to be back. Yes. I think episode one was a success. Um, great positive feedback, I think, so far, but um, hopefully we can... Yeah. Continue with the awesome content. Sure. Um, busy weekend. I was in Winnipeg. Uh, That's right I'm for the back. wedding. You're there for your sister in law's wedding. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. It was good times. Busy times. Felt like I was a bit of a babysitter, but um, oh, you're a dad that, of a I'm newborn. A, a dad, kind of, right? I don't think it counts so, as babysitting no, when it's your it, kid. It, it's, it's, it's dad sitting dad or sitting. daughter sitting. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of fun. Um, I missed the heat wave here. I heard it was just incredibly hot. It's crazy hot. It was like not just hot. It's the like it was just muggy. Uh, it was just insane. It was yeah, insane. But, crazy. you know, I guess it's summertime. And, I, you know, I don't think we should be complaining about hot weather in Canada. For sure. When we get it, just take it. Yeah, for sure. And I only complain because I have new grass. So okay, that's it. a lot of water. But you water. got a timer. You got a timer. I got a timer. I do. I do uh, have a timer. I yeah. do have a timer. How about you? All good? Uh, I've got a timer for my grass as well. Oh. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a great weekend behind, um, you know, a lot of family events, um, you know, quite a bit of work as well. She's always kind of the fun part about being a realtor is... Not only serving your clients, but making sure that you can serve your family mm-hmm. and, and even serve yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's really easy for realtors to glorify productivity and sales achievements and number of clients helped, but do your kids know who you are? Right. Right. Yeah, so that's yeah. always no, the balance is, hey, and, you know, am I just a, a, a frazzled mess? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a win for anybody either. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of the balance between being optimal mm-hmm. in every like, you know, optimal at work, optimal with my family life, optimal in my relationship with my wife, optimal in my physical health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I, I, this weekend was probably a check mark for that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Work-life balance. Yeah. It's Which important. Is, it's yeah. important. Mentally, but, you know, physically and also, yeah, I guess productivity-wise. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, last week we spoke briefly about the market, uh, more of like a general conversation. Yeah. Market stats came out the day or two after. Yeah. Um, so let's jump right in quickly. Yeah. Talk for uh, for a minute or two about um, some data. Hard yeah. So data. where the numbers were at, and we're talking about sales in the Greater Toronto area. This is a report called Market Watch, which the Toronto Real Estate Board pulls out every month. It's really a a press release for realtors and for the media. It is available for the public if they just Google Toronto Real Estate Board or Toronto Regional Real Estate Board market watch you can you can pull up any month in history and dissect the numbers if you really wanted to uh, but i mean as we look at the numbers we saw sales down year over year by 42 percent am i reading my cole's notes right yep. and um and we saw prices up compared to last year by 5.3 percent mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so that's a little bit confusing for people because they're seeing this massive number 42 percent down but then 5.3 percent up. Do you want to yeah, break that yeah. down? I think it's it's funny to touch on, right? Because a lot of the 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 dialect and the and the and I guess like the media. conversations happening right now is the real estate market's crashing. But actually, the the, the data is showing us that on on a twelve month trend, prices are actually going up. 
Um, not as drastically. I mean, earlier this year we were seeing 20, 30% increases. Uh, so 5.3% still, still good, but, but month over month, um, we're actually down 5.3%. Yeah. So that's why when we're, when we're advising clients and talking, you know, to, to people, it's thing about real estate is a long-term investment, right? Yeah. We, we don't want to look at it month by month. We do, like even 12 months is, is, is a short period. Sure. Um, so the natural trend specifically in the GTA is, is an upwards trend. And that's what we're seeing year over year. Yeah. Um, I mean, the 41% decrease in sales volume, um, I mean, month over month, it's only down 11%. Yeah. So, you know, the, the way that I break it down is I believe that when we're looking at a year over year perspective, so comparing June 2020 versus June 2021 mm-hmm. versus 2022. So those are annualized in the same month. Mm-hmm. And that's important because there are just cultural trends, things that happen every June. So it's the tail end of the school sure. year. You know, we see that people are aggressively trying to purchase in April, May and June because they want to be in their new home for the start of the school September, year. Yeah. So yeah. we know that that's something that is embedded in North American lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, we would see a, a small tapering off in sales at the tail end of June, mm-hmm. you know, graduations and vacation start. Um, you know, but when I look at the year over years, I look at that as kind of like a line, you know, like a path in the woods. Mm-hmm. But when I see the month over month, I look at those as steps right. on the path. Right. So, you know, you have to keep both both eyes on the prize. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I mentioned, I think on the last podcast uh, or the last episode, um, you know, there was someone I was chatting with asking, how's the market? And I said, well, remember last year when we got together and we talked about the value of your home? And he said, yeah, yeah, of course I remember. I said, yeah, it's about that number. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we saw the market really jump up mm-hmm. in the, you know, later end of the year mm-hmm. um, and that for sure the start of this year. Mm-hmm. And then we saw it come back down. So although the numbers seem like, you know, you could say it's pessimistic view that the market's collapsing, things are falling apart. Really, I think we're at almost par with last year. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. most people would have been satisfied knowing that their home stayed the same compared to last year. For sure. And you just kind of omit the up and down that we mm-hmm. saw in the last mm-hmm. nine months. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. I think it's funny because a lot of the media attention is all about home sales yeah. and home purchases, right? Yeah. But what the, I think the media is missing also is talking about the rental market. You got it. And I know in our in our previous podcast, we, we mentioned briefly about the rental market. But I think today we wanted to dive in a bit deeper, talk about what's happening in the rental market mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, break that down a little bit for, for, sure. for, for our listeners and viewers um, for sure. because it is crazy, crazy competitive right now. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about uh, the real estate market and you talk about home ownership and then you also have, can't forget about the fact that another type of real estate market is the rental market. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we ran some numbers before the show just thinking about what percentage, and I don't remember what the numbers you came up with, percentage yeah, yeah. of uh, people that actually rent in Ontario. So there's 15 million people that live in Ontario right now, and approximately 10% of those people are renters. Got so it. it's actually, I would say, a pretty significant chunk yeah, yeah. that we're not talking about. Like 10% of people, it's a million know, and one, a half. Yeah. 1.6 million people yeah. are renters out there. So a lot yeah. of people are affected right now with this crazy competitive market. For sure. Um, and, and I guess if we could kind of put a different spin on it, because that's what we love to do here in the office. I mean, Colin and I are, are, are great at, at, at seeing things and then spinning it and thinking from a different perspective. Yep. I think there's a lot of value in seeing the same challenge or opportunity from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. But if we said that there's 1.6 million people renting properties right now in Ontario, you could argue that the rental market affects 3.2 million people because if there's a landlord for every tenant for sure. yeah 
uh, you could argue that you know mm-hmm. th- this is this is affecting basically twenty percent of uh, of the the people living in Ontario, right? For the sure. rental market, yep. and yep. Uh, and so I mean, in terms of the numbers, I I know you broke down some of the rental rates and uh, you know some of the news releases mm-hmm. recently in terms mm-hmm. of increases to anticipate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from last year, so let's say the trailing twelve months, we've seen a twenty percent increase in uh, in rental prices and. Like the the pros say that the forecast is another fifteen percent in the next, yeah. you know, six months, which which can be confusing because there is rent control, uh, which yeah. which I think you're going to yeah. discuss briefly. But I think that price increases for new tenants, Got it. Uh, right? So which is what the trend is. Yeah. So exactly. right now, uh, you know, from an economics perspective, you have landlords out there saying, "Wait a minute, the market value of my rental has gone up ten, twenty, thirty. 40% over the last few years. Now, if the landlord is only able to increase it in the past was 1.2, mm-hmm. 1.6, 1.8% per year, there's obviously a huge gap in your existing tenant's rent that mm-hmm. they're paying you mm-hmm. and the unit next door to you, how much they're actually For collecting. Sure. And so what we're seeing is this kind of friction between landlords and tenants where there's a lot of animosity, I would say, just from a um, hearsay perspective. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of animosity from landlords out there who are not collecting what they believe to be fair market rents. Right. And there's a lot of trickery in terms of how do you get more rent out of your, your tenant. Now, you know, we do have rental controls in Ontario. It is governed by the province. There's the Landlord Tenant Board, which is basically the tribunal, the, the court system that makes sure that landlords uh, are treating tenants fairly and, and should be. Uh, uh, that tenants are treating landlords and the property fairly as well. I say should be because I do believe that there's a little bit of imbalance in terms of the power in in, in a rental agreement between the landlord and the tenant. Right. And I do think that that's part of the problem from a, a big picture, a macroeconomic viewpoint. I think the reason why rental rates have gone up so high is because there's so much bureaucracy and red tape for landlords. Mm-hmm. You you're basically are, are almost powerless as a landlord in Ontario once you have someone in place. Right. If they make their payments every month, doesn't matter if they bring in 30 dogs, doesn't matter if they have 18 guests a night, doesn't matter if they're causing disturbance in the neighbors. It's, it's almost impossible from my own experience and from, from the families we've served to actually get a tenant to leave unless they're doing, you know, the two or three f- things that would trigger them uh, to be kicked out. Right. So I think that that creates a disincentive for landlords. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the, 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 the impetus of it all. The problem is landlords are not incentivized to buy real estate. That means supply for rental properties is lower. That means that rates for rental properties is going to go higher. Mm-hmm. The rents are going to... Mm-hmm. And we, we didn't even talk about like the elephant in the room, which is a half a million new Canadians coming this year, like still to come. Yeah, They got to sleep somewhere. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's going to get more intense. Yeah, yeah. I think... I, let's talk about why the rental market is so hot because yeah. I think that's, you know, the, the overriding message of like what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with... I mean, in this time of year, I think it's people heading back to school in September. Yep. I think it's the COVID tail tail end of COVID. People are back in the offices. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really driving the demand for rentals up, with you know prices of homes. Um, I, I think still I, relatively stable, but 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 on the higher end, yeah. the cost of borrowing, you know, interest rates in, increases has sure. put a lot of buyers on the fence who are now jumping into rentals. That's exactly. Um, yeah. So 
yeah, I mean, I've been working with a few a few clients downtown right now, and it's you know multiple offers on the leases. Tell it's me about that. Above like asking the last on few leases. that you've done recently, yeah, uh, the last clients you served. Like, tell us about that story. One one last week, we were we were in uh, Liberty Village. There were. I think there were 16 offers on the lease. It was a $2,400 lease, and I think it ended up selling for $2,750. Was that the one with the open house? They had open house. Different one, different one, but yeah. I saw I, there were open houses on leases. Unheard of. Yeah, unheard of. open house to allow potential tenants to come through, and you're going to hold back offers for your rental until Tuesday. Crazy. And I tell you, when you have 20 people fighting for the same property, mm-hmm. uh, those tenants... They better have their job letter stamped and approved, their T4s, their yeah. credit. Like It's got to be yeah. airtight yeah. and pay a lot of money. And what that's doing is creating, I believe, a level of classism in 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 our society. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really what scares me because, you know, not every every family that we serve is coming in with a credit score of 850 with, mm-hmm. you know, $150,000 in income. And, and that that's, that's not the true profile of, of everyone in Ontario. Totally. But landlords when they when the property is vacant and they're looking for new tenants they're picking not only high rents but they're picking high high caliber you know tenant on paper and i say on paper because i mean we can all be great people yeah uh, and we can also be all bad people too yeah Yeah. but it does make it very very difficult for some families going through challenges maybe a a divorce maybe um they had a, a a car accident and you know we're not able to work or maybe COVID slowed down their business and they don't have the income to support mm-hmm. they probably have the income to pay the rent mm-hmm. but it's really making i think we're going to see some you know issues in the next 6 12 18 months with homelessness with uh, fraud on yeah. rental uh, applications because yeah. it, you're putting people into the corner. Yeah. You know, young family. I mean, the kids got to sleep somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. So, but um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, we're talking about the market. We were, we talked about the uh, real estate market. We talked about the rental market. Yeah. Uh, a few other things that notable in the news right now is uh, you know property in Richmond Hill uh, all over the media. Uh, yes. So. Um, you know, a young family wanted to build a home. They tore down an existing home, a bungalow in Richmond Hill, and built a, a two-story, a really two-and-a-half-story home that's got the neighbors in an uproar. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you had a chance to see the story or you know, your thoughts on it. Yeah, what yeah, are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah. I think it's funny because people have this, especially neighbors. So a little bit of background. So the guy, the guy building this house or the family building this house, he's actually been in the area for nine years. So he lived in a bungalow there. Uh, he has a growing family. He has young kids now. So he's like, I need a bigger house. So what am I going to do? I'm going to build on my current lot that I have. Um, so he, I guess, I don't know, maybe he involved an architect or engineers. Uh, but he, funnily enough, the bylaws of Richmond Hill for permitting and zoning and everything, he actually falls all within those parameters. So he didn't have to go to the committee of adjustments. He didn't have to, he did everything within his own right to build this house. So, you know, the, the height restrictions, 11 meters, he built 10.97 meters. Um, so, you know, the density calculation, I think it was 70%. He did 69.6%. So all within his rights, but of course it's making a new story because there's, there's, there's bungalows all around him and he has this towering mega house that uh, some neighbors aren't too happy about. Um, but I think, you know, inevitably these homes that are 40, 50 years old um, will eventually be be, be rebuilt. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as a as a neighbor, I'd be like, oh, this is actually adding value to my house, I think. Yeah. You know, other than living through the construction and the mess and, yeah. and everything else that goes along with building a house. I mean, you're doing it right now, so yeah. you kind of understand. But it's, 
um, you know, a bit controversial, I think is a great thing. Yeah. So yeah, you know, uh, you mentioned the fact that you know I'm, I'm building or doing a renovation right now. Uh, we actually just passed uh, an important milestone, you know, in my in my own calendar, uh, August eighth, two thousand eight. So oh eight, oh eight, oh eight. Uh, we broke ground on my first project on the company that I own, building custom homes. Uh, I had just quit Mattamy. I was a super there, building two thousand homes for them over a number of years, and I quit because I wanted to do this on my own. I didn't want to build on someone else's guidelines. Right. Uh, so this story definitely hits close to home. I remember uh, the morning of 08, 08, 08, I had set like five alarms because I was so excited. We were breaking ground. Yeah. And this was like a, like a kid's dream come true, right? Yeah. I grew up on a construction site. I said, one day I'm going to build my own homes. And I was like, tomorrow's the day. Yeah. Uh, so the first alarm goes off. Of course, I'm already awake before the alarm goes yeah, off. I probably jump didn't sleep. At, yeah. Didn't sleep, right? I jump out of bed. I've got my clothes lined up on the on like on the chair in the bedroom. Yeah. Grab my stuff. I you know I kiss my wife goodbye and I, I I run out of the house. And about two minutes later, I run back in. And Maria looked up at me. She goes like, "What happened? Like like why are you back?" And I looked at her and we laugh every time we, we tell the story. I'm like, "I forgot my shirt. <laughs> I literally left the house with my pants and like just an undershirt, <laughs> not even a, a real shirt. Yeah, uh, like basically pajamas. Yeah. And I and I left and." and made it to the end of the street before I realized that, so that I was funny. so excited that I, I, uh, I forgot to wear a shirt to work yeah. on my first day. Um, but, you know, going through the process of actually building custom homes, going through the committee of adjustments, which is a, a process. You, you mentioned the fact that, that that gentleman or that family in Richmond Hill stayed within the guidelines. Mm-hmm. If you are building a home in Ontario and you do not conform to the standard guidelines, you can go to the committee of adjustment mm-hmm. uh, for what they call a minor variance. Mm-hmm. The most common one we've seen, especially here in Markham, is the GFA, the gross floor area. So, you know, basically how big is the land yep. in square feet and then how big is the property you're building right. as, as a ratio to the land. Yep. So, you know, there are economies of scale. There's a reason why people build the biggest home they can. Mm-hmm. And it breaks down that if you want to build a 2,500 square foot home, a brand new furnace for that home may cost you... Right now, five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. If you build a six thousand square foot home, or maybe smaller, five thousand square foot home, yep. it may cost you only one thousand dollars more for a bigger furnace. Right. So the actual cost per square foot for furnace is a lot less. Right. And you can multiply that by the two hundred and eighty elements in, in a home that you right. you know you consider. Yep. So it's actually cheaper per square foot to build a much bigger, bigger home. home. Not to mention, if you're going to go through the whole process of buying a home, tearing it down, and building, you want to build you know, what you have envisioned. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when you when you talk about the idea of the neighbors getting involved in, in this story in specific, it's the Rate Payers Association that really put up a fuss. And, you know, I, I may polarize our audience, but I mean, my, my position is it's your home, you're spending the money on it, your property tax will be reflective of the value of your home, which is contributing to everyone else in the area. Yep. And if my neighbor doesn't like the look of the home I'm building, mm-hmm. that's not my problem mm-hmm. because it's my home. Mm-hmm. Like just mm-hmm. as if you were to paint your garage door purple, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a vote in that. So right. why do you have a vote in how tall the house is? Right. Right. right? You know, my neighbors and I used to joke saying that we, we think you should get consent uh, or the opinion of your neighbor across the street, what color you paint it, because they have to look at it. Every day. Every right? day they're yeah. looking, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that being said, I think that there's uh, some reform that's probably required in the way that homes are built in, in, in the GTA mm-hmm. in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Going back to our previous topic about rental rates, 
I think also the amount of red tape and bureaucracy involved in building a brand new home mm-hmm. or subdividing a lot, the amount of red tape and the duration of that process is a huge disincentive for anybody that wants to do it. Right. I think you cut that red tape in half, you'll see a doubling of new inventory. You're going to see prices come down. Mm-hmm. You're going to see an overall improvement in the quality of homes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. you know, in uh, in economics, we studied the urban economics. When you when you buy a brand new home, let's just say you bought a, a home from Madame Homes as an example in a subdivision, and you spent one million dollars on it. The economics of it is that about half of the value of of that million dollars is in the land, in the dirt, yep. and half is in the actual house itself, the mm-hmm. structure. Mm-hmm. Now, over time, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. The house itself depreciates. Mm-hmm. That's why you need a new roof. You need new windows. You need to, to update it because the actual structure weakens over time. Mm-hmm. Over time, the land value, the dirt, goes up in time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fast forward a number of years, maybe the property's worth $2 million. Well, $1.5 million is the land and 500000 is the dilapidated house. Right. So that at that point, it only makes sense economically to tear down the house and then build a $1.5 million home. And now you have a $3 million asset. Right. So that's just the laws of of urban economics. And we're going to carry on seeing it. A huge number of homes in the GTA are what are called wartime homes. Mm -hmm. After the Second World War, there was a surge. There was a shortage of housing. And there was these basic homes all through Scarborough, all through, you know, Etobicoke, you know, Mimico. You see these Houses that are 20 feet by 20 feet. Little bungalows, right? Exactly. We just sold one actually on uh, Burkdale in Scarborough at uh, McCowan and uh, and Lawrence. And those were quick, easy to build. And those types of wartime homes were built in the 50s. And guess what? They were not designed to last 100 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And their land is in a great location. So you're going to see this kind of build up to Mm -hmm. what I hope is a reform in the way that uh, homes are being Mm -hmm. built. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's just a natural cycle of... Uh, of real estate like you said you know mm-hmm. like homes built 50 years ago are now starting to transform yeah. so and, and they're meeting the needs right they're meeting the needs of, of new yeah absolutely uh, of what do we need yeah. in 2020 yeah. to live yeah. uh, you know yeah absolutely mm-hmm. well, I think over the last week we've seen the market pick up I think personally you know we, our phones are ringing you got it uh, congratulations been, to you by the way busy. you got a, a, a you know a deal put together last night it was yeah, almost 11 30 by the time yeah. the signatures went through yeah. I uh, I know you must be tired with yeah. a, a young baby hey, that's and, what and we doing do. deals that's at midnight yeah. yeah congratulations we, thank you thank you um, yeah exciting purchase for for our clients um, I know they're so excited Richmond Hill they're yeah, so yeah. excited so it's uh, Another great success story, but uh, hopefully more to come. Uh, Great conversations today. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, as we continue to do these episodes, we'll do our best to provide, uh, you know, topical information, but also um, some great, great content. Yeah, absolutely. We want to provide value. We want uh, we want people out there to uh, to to smash the like button and uh, subscribe. We appreciate the love and the support. We're going to carry on trying to improve every single episode, bringing value to you. And thanks again, Colin, for being here. No problem. Uh, a lot of fun. Let's uh, let's get to it. Let's get back to work and and uh, make this a great rock day. and roll. Awesome, Always guys. And upwards. We we hope you have a, a great week ahead. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you soon. Take care.